If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's episode 454. That is a palindrome. This one for July 28th, 2020. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. And a special guest, welcoming him back here, Cicero Holmes. Good to see you, my friend palindrome bam for everybody <laughs> nice all Double right there i like all it right. uh, destin Legary and brandon tyrell on assignment this week they're figuring out uh, a bunch of other future coverage things for ign so happy to have miranda and cicero joining me there is plenty to talk about uh before we get rolling i want to say a quick thank you to everybody who watched our live coverage last week we had tremendous numbers just great tune-in numbers uh thank you to Paris Lilly for for coming in uh, and adding some awesome enthusiasm and knowledge and expertise <laughs> to our panel. It was great to have him. And uh, and yeah, like I said, C- uh, Cicero's back. So the Discovery Debrief podcast, all of your yes. Star Trek fan needs and desires yeah. get discussed there at DSC Debrief on Twitter. Uh, Cicero, anything else you want to plug at the top before we get rolling? Um, you know, put put respect on its name. Yeah, we're we're getting ready for uh, lower decks in in less than a month, and then uh, Discovery season three. Uh, other things that I want to plug: Rivals of Waterdeep, uh, my D and D show, D and D show that uh, I do with also friend of the show Sharif Jackson, um, and uh, a whole host of other people. Check them out on Sundays at. Uh, twitch.tv slash dnd sundays at 1 p.m eastern uh actual play tabletop dnd podcast that you Love get it. to watch and see people play and do stupid voices awesome <laughs> oh, good times <laughs> all right so obviously the showcase was last week we uh we've been waiting for that moment for many many months and I kind of wanted to revisit this with you guys before sure. we get into the rest of the news for the week. Cause I think, you know, we had a, a live show last week, which is fun because it's immediate in the moment reactions, but 
you know, it's good to sit with things too and kind of think about it more as time goes on. And, and I've certainly kind of evolved my my thinking overall on on the showcase. I'm still super happy with it, but I did want to kind of circle back and, and pose a couple of questions to you guys. So Cicero, I'll go your way first. So how did how do you feel about the showcase now that you've been sitting with it for a while? Um, you know what? I, I kind of feel very similar to the way I felt prior to the showcase, and it only confirmed the feelings that I had going into you know going into the showcase as well, uh, which is is that game, it's all about Game Pass. Yeah, and and. You know the the thing that Microsoft Microsoft didn't necessarily have to worry about me as as a consumer. Um, I was already I'm already in the ecosystem. I already have Game Pass Ultimate. I was already planning on buying a Series X. Um, so all of those things worked out worked out in my favor. Um, but whether or not they did enough to get new gamers to entice new gamers to to the console and yeah. the platform the ecosystem and and honestly I think that's how the conversation should should really be described as the ecosystem of Microsoft and, and Xbox gaming uh going forward and whether or not they did enough to to uh entice new gamers to subscribe to their ecosystem is is up for debate. Miranda, how about you? Where do you where do you feel now a few days later? So I completely agree with Cicero. Like I don't I personally enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, we do have Game Pass. We are connected. But completely building on that point, I don't think that they really offered anything that would pull people in who aren't already interested. Uh, there wasn't any snappy game that was just like, man, you got to get this. Like There are hints of games that I think they will have in the future that right. could be that. Um, Avowed, but- Fable. Yeah, exactly. Avowed's like the big one that I'm thinking about, actually. Because, right, sure. um, like, Fable is kind of known quantity, and we love Fable. But for the people who maybe don't necessarily care about the humor of Fable, like, Avowed could be that showcase game that Microsoft will really want to lean on in the future. Um, I think a big mistake is that we keep looking into the Chief, like Master Chief and Halo, to be like this big front and center piece for Microsoft. And it is. But we can't just rely on that to like draw in new people, right? Like it's a known quantity again. And we all we like Master Chief and Halo, but for people who don't care about that, like they're not gonna care about Xbox otherwise, if that's like your lead, um, especially for like immediacy. That being said, uh I did really enjoy it. I liked a lot of the games that they showed. We talked a lot about that last week is like the different, the variety of games. I really like that. Again, it's all couched in game pass. Like what a crazy deal. We've talked about it like a billion times. Um, And I guess like my feeling is of, of what Microsoft did here is the same with Sony though. Like, I don't feel like Sony's given me any reason to have like a PS5 at launch. And I feel like I have reasons to have an Xbox Series X at launch because yeah. I already like Microsoft and I already like everything I'm going to get. Obviously, I'll play Halo Infinite on the best version possible, just probably going to be, you know, on Series X. But um, I feel like they're still lacking that hook for people who aren't interested in the ecosystem that Microsoft offers. Would you say, Miranda? So I'm just going to throw this out as as a thought, at which I I'll tell you whether I agree with it or not in a second. But <laughs> do you do you think that that showcase? sold you a Game Pass subscription, but not necessarily a Series X? That is a great way. That's a great question. Um, probably. I think if, you, if, if there were 
games that I wanted and I already have an Xbox and I don't have Game Pass for some reason, then yeah, absolutely. Um, because we know a lot of them are going to come back to the Xbox One X and everything else. So since the current gen is going to get mo- a lot of the games that are going to come out on Series X, then yeah, like I already have, I have the hookup already. And I, or if I have a good PC. Cicero, how about you? Is that, yeah, I, I, is that I a mean, reasonable I, assessment or how do you yeah, feel Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of think that's the secret sauce, right? It, it's that, uh, that Game Pass itself is and and you know and and I think this is this is intentional by Microsoft that that Game Pass is is the console if we can look at it as as a, you know if we can look at it in an antiquated way of thinking the the content delivery system is the is the console itself is the physical yeah. hardware but it's all about the subscription that and that's what's important that's what Microsoft is selling and and that's honestly that's Microsoft's bread and butter is, is selling software subscriptions. Um, you know, they've rolled Microsoft office into a subscription service. The operating system windows is, is essentially a subscription service. And now their gaming platform is a subscription service. And, and now what we're seeing is the console just being just the same way that a PC is a content delivery service for your operating system and your internet browser and gaming and whatever else that you may wind up doing on that particular platform, the console itself, the, the video game console, is becoming just a content delivery system for their service, whether it be via Project X Cloud or Game Pass Ultimate. And, and quite honestly, that is the future of gaming. Yeah. Um, now, for whatever it's worth, Gabe Newell, the billionaire co-founder of Valve and worth, to be fair, a former Microsoft employee. That's how he made his money. He was on the Excel team in the early, early days, uh, but started Valve 23, 20, no, 24, almost 25 years ago. Uh, but, you know, Valve's been pretty platform agnostic. Well, Gabe, uh, it turns out, has been stuck in I can't remember if it's Australia or New Zealand since the pandemic started. He hasn't been able to get home. So he was actually on a a news program down there. And the clip came from the Xbox Series X Reddit where they asked him, oh, well, this holiday, PS5 and Series X, do, do you have a preference? And he straight up just said Series X all the way. Like he so for what it's worth, the co-founder of Valve thinks that the Series X is is the better console as far as presumably he's looking at it from a more technical and development perspective. But I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. Um, but there, are, there is plenty more to talk about uh, with this. And I want to talk next about Halo. May I, may I say this? If, yes. if I may. So, Please. so I, so I want to, I, I, I've come up with an analogy between, between the two philosophies. Um, Game Pass, Microsoft and Game Pass is like Netflix. Um, you, you buy the service and there's going to be a lot of content on there. You're a TV watcher, you're a movie watcher, you get Netflix and there are some terrible shows on, on Netflix. There are some fantastic shows on Netflix, but most of the stuff is, is kind of in the middle. It's if I want to watch something, I'll have something to watch. Sony is more like the criterion collection. There are very few fantastic you know options and movies that are available but you have to pay a premium for them 
they're they're phenomenal, but you may get one or two a year and that's it. So if you are a capital G gamer and you just want games to play, this this is where, you know, this is where Game Pass shines because it just provides you the opportunity to play lots of games in the middle. That that double A, we bemoan the loss of that double A, you know, game space whether it was either indie or it was AAA, super expensive games. And Game Pass gives gives the space for those games in the middle, guys. Yeah. Like, that is that is the place where we're going to see new titles that can become giant tentpole franchises. And and that's the brilliance, that's the brilliance of, of the service, and I'm so glad it's here. Yeah, I have seen some very strange, let's call it mental gymnastics by... Again, like the loud minority, super zealot fanboy <laughs> corners of the world that that are very much not the majority of people that have somehow tried. I've seen this over the last several days since the showcase happened of trying to basically position, say that Game Pass was a bad thing and that they'd rather just pay $60 for the Masterpiece class Sony games as if those are mutually exclusive things. Right. Like if Sony, Sony, if they wanted to make a business case for it and and build their business around it, Sony could launch PlayStation Pass tomorrow if they wanted to and have all their amazing games in it. And, you know, if they find a way that works for them financially, they would do it. And Microsoft, if they Game Pass would still exist if there were Sony first party (laughs) quality games Uh, out today and and hopefully they those games are going to exist in the future whether it's avowed whether it's ever wild whether it's fable whether it's all of the above hopefully but i that's been a a very ridiculous argument i've seen going around that those two things can't uh, coexist together and be the same thing so i don't know it's it's very very odd for me sometimes (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> we do so, you. sorry to derail you no no it's great i mean this it's a it's a it's a it's a good thing to talk about because i mean it, yes it's true my microsoft has not had the the 10 out of 10 caliber games uh really arguably since halo 3 halo 3 was probably the last pretty well universally agreed masterpiece level game that first party has put up there have been a lot there have been some nines there have been some great stuff i mean right. sunset overdrive Absolutely. i mean miranda and i both love gears That's four and five yeah. uh, ori, the, I mean, the ori series ori, definitely yeah. i mean yeah. maybe i get forza horizon that yes. series is, is yes. probably the closest thing microsoft yes. has but because and this is fair or not because it's a car game right. it doesn't get put in that same group that that the last of us and and the god of war and maybe maybe fairly so i mean it's a car it's just sort of a different it's it's apples and oranges but but yeah like if if microsoft had those games and and they're trying to build them now they would still have game pass and it would be even more of an incredible deal but um anyway uh so my next question for you guys we saw, so Miranda, you and I got to see Halo ahead of time, really in a vacuum, and it was just our reaction to it. We talked about it a little bit on the show last week, live. Um, we both, we we liked the gameplay on the direction. Uh, I think I'm okay to speak for you here, but we both kind of agreed after, like, yeah, it didn't, 
it was a it, it looked fine, but it wasn't maybe we were hoping for more as like the Series X flagship title from a visual perspective. Well, online we all saw the reaction. <laughs> the the game was uh, the, the 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 reactions ranged from disappointed Xbox fans to cruel sadistic Sony fans who just wanted to drive the knife in and twist and, and twist it for a while. And the truth probably lies as usual somewhere in between. So I bring this up to say, and I'm going to go to Cicero first here, deserved or not, does Microsoft now have a halo problem with the series X? Um, so uh, deserved. Yes, because they, they knew what they were, they were going to showcase. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think it's a problem it's it's an overblown problem in my opinion um because we're you know we're still 5 months removed from the launch of this of this title potentially and we've got as they've already said we've got f- at least four more of these showcases for which they can use you know for which they could use one or two or all four of them to highlight um, the benefits of of Halo Infinite. So you know, I I think it's I think it's the 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 fact that the internet is really thirsty. So they under underwhelmed definitely. Uh, yeah. You know, definitely didn't come out and do the types of things and, and wasn't as evocative as some of again the tentpole. Uh, games and franchises from Sony. But at the same time, um, you know, this is just the internet starving for something to talk about and something to argue about. Um, and, and you know, we've been starved for sports. We've been starved for games. And and now here's an opportunity. We've seen a thing that everybody was, was very much anticipating. And it, there's a lot of nuance in this generation in terms of what next gen means from this generation. The same thing that happened at the beginning of the last generation, where it was like, oh, well, how do I, how can I tell between 1080p and 4K? And it's hard to, it's hard to really show that. It was with the HDR and the half step that we actually got to see a difference. Things are brighter, things are... And so, you know, so now with that nuance, there's, there's just a lot of conversation. But I, I, I remain confident that the uh, Xbox team and 343 will come out with showcases and, and show more about why you should be excited for Halo Infinite in November. Miranda, does Microsoft, deserved or not, have a Halo problem now? Some people, for sure. I mean, I think it's totally deserved for people to be disappointed. Like, I, as, as you mentioned, when I came out of that, I was like, whoa, grapple shot's really cool, but also, <laughs> this doesn't look super next-gen. Like, the idea is cool. It's an evolution, right? It's like, a, 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 as they said, a spiritual, um, what's it called? Reboot. 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 Yes, yeah. that word. Uh, so we, we get that, and you have that feeling there, and you get to see these new systems in place. But the look of it just wasn't there. And, and that is a little bit of a challenge because you want to be excited for the game, right? But also you're like, oh, but this is Master Chief. Like, obviously, as I was just saying earlier, like Microsoft leaned so much on Halo as like a flagship franchise for Xbox. And then you see this, it's like, this isn't exactly what I was expecting. Um, so I know you have this in our notes, but 
we asked them about ray tracing, Ryan, you specifically asked them is like, what kind of next gen features are going to have. And they're like, Oh, well, ray tracing is not going to be at launch. Like it's going to come later. And that feels very weird to me. Like does master chief not deserve ray tracing at launch? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some like constraints there too. I mean, honestly, like I, I, trying to give a lot of leniency to a lot of developers or any sort of project right now, just because right. of like our global situation, it's a little, a little insane. So I, I mean, that could also have some sort of play into it, but I also don't want to make excuses for other people or like, cause we don't know the situation or why that fell through. Um, but I mean, we, we know how these communities are like the look of a game is so super important. And when your flagship franchise doesn't have like that next gen look to it, it's a little disappointing. Um, again, I'm excited for it, but I think if they really wanted to nail it, they had to like showcase something really great. And Ryan, you have some great notes in here that I will let you talk about. It was to like maybe why it didn't come off as flashy as we were expecting it to. Yes. So uh, yeah, you're alluding to. I, I'm totally with you. It's you know again, you and I got to see it without any internet chatter to yes. influence what we were seeing. And and again, I. I I was I was giddy watching it because it was just like, uh, Halo is back. This is great. I was doing and this. Yeah, like I did notice the the pop in effects, and I did yeah. notice that it didn't. It definitely didn't wow me. I, but I, I was first and foremost just happy to see the direction of the gameplay because we didn't know, right? We just thought it might have been open world, and where are they taking it? It is, as you mentioned, we'd been told that it was the spiritual reboot back. That was a Bonnie Ross sitting down with me a year ago talked about that. And so, so that was really my first thing. I was excited because I liked the direction it seemed to be going from a gameplay perspective. But yeah, I, I definitely was not wowed by the graphics. And then you're right when, when we, so we started talking to, to, uh, to Chris and Paul from three, four, three. And just one of the questions I had was, well, okay, this is a, you're developing this for two platforms, the old gen and the new gen, that's really never been done before with a big console launch exclusive. So, you know, what next gen features are you taking advantage of? Are you guys doing ray tracing? And I have to say, as soon as he, as soon as Chris said, no ray tracing, we'll add it as an update later. I will say it took the wind, the wind out of my sails because to your exact point, Miranda, it's this, by Microsoft's own doing, this is the flagship game. This is the first time they've launched with a Halo with on a console since Halo 1. They've been building this up for two years and counting. They've been, they've been making this the flagship, the centerpiece. And to, again, yeah, you're so right. Like This has been a very challenging year in, for a million reasons. And game development's hard and developing for a new platform at launch is hard and trying to do that from home unexpectedly 80% of the way through the project just compounds the difficulty. But I just don't understand how you don't have every bell and whistle that the series X is capable of on display on day one in that game. So that I am, I, I was disappointed in that regard, but I'm still, I am still very happy about the, the gameplay direction. I am excited to play it. I'm hoping it cleans up from a visual perspective. And uh, the the wizards over at Digital Foundry, all I can do is tip my cap. The, those guys, uh, that team, oh you know they they have uh, they have just that 
insane level, and I mean that in the nicest way, uh, of expertise on on the technical side of of video game graphics and 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 uh, con- video game construction. So they did a video breaking down that gameplay demo, which I encourage you to go watch on their on their YouTube channel. And the, but the long and the short of it is, uh, so they they were paying particularly particular attention to the lighting. And the long and the short of it is, if if this was my interpretation of it, you should watch the video and see for yourself. But it sounds to me like what they were saying was that, in fact, ray tracing could really help uh, improve that sort of perceived flat look that a, that a lot of people were left with from that Halo Infinite demo. So um, here's the last question before we before we move on from this topic for you guys. Uh, I'll start with Miranda first. Would if it, I'm not saying they should or will or are doing this, but just hypothetically, would do you think Microsoft should or would delay Halo Infinite away from the launch of the console if it meant cleaning things up, getting ray tracing in there, and making it as visually impactful as possible? Do you think that that they would pull that trigger? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Even though it's important, I I don't think they could do that. I don't think they could justify it. Interesting. I mean, there there is definitely there is a that's the thing. I, that's why I love the discussion. There is yeah. a case to be made either way. Cicero, where are you on this? Again, there, purely hypothetical here, right? So there is there is zero chance of them uh, delaying their flagship title to launch to not launch with their console. Um, but probably they should, um, because, because if you're, if you're saying this is what next gen is, and if the, if the first bullet point of next gen is ray tracing, which, which in a lot of, in a lot of the, the conversations, that's exactly what it is. Um, then, and you don't have it in the thing that you're, you know, like, Imagine Ryan, you're a Tesla guy, right? And and you you went out and you got yourself a, a Tesla Model S, the P one hundred D. Taking my and, language. Yeah, and and so you sit someone in the car and you're like, oh man, this car can go super fast, go ludicrous mode. Okay, right. well, can we do a ludicrous? Oh no, I can't. Uh, there's <laughs> There's an update that's coming in a few weeks. Like, why am I in the damn car? Why so, am I in the car? Yeah, that is an excellent analogy. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot argue with that at all. You, you know, um, but it's still a Tesla, right? Right, it's still a Tesla. It's still electric. It still goes very fast. It still has <laughs> autopilot. It still has all these things. But the one thing that I said it could definitely do, the one thing that you know you were in the car to witness. Is not there, uh, you know. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of ruins the breakfast a little. So, all I will add to this uh, is, again, I, I know I refer back to this Phil interview from this show from the early in the pandemic a lot, but he said a lot of interesting stuff in there <laughs> that's still relevant. And one of the things he said, I'm paraphrasing here. You can go back and watch the episode if, you, if you're curious. He did say that no one game, not even Halo, because I specifically said, well, even Halo, no game would hold up the console launch. Right. So that tells me that 
if if there was an in case of emergency break glass scenario, like uh oh, Halo, we it's if they thought that it would be detrimental to the long term health of the franchise, I think he would do it. I think th- Bonnie Ross and Phil would have very hey. long, difficult meetings. And I do think it's possible. Again, we're only speaking in hypothetical. I'm not calling for its delay. I'm not like we don't know sitting here as all we know is what we were shown last Thursday. We don't know where the game is at. We don't know how much you know work they have left. If there's room in the schedule, like for all we know, I mean, I guarantee you they had meetings on Friday. I'm oh, sure <laughs> there were meetings on Friday, uh, even probably even Thursday, Thursday. like right yeah. after. But uh, it, I think it is it is very possible that they may now seriously prioritize that ray tracing update to make to and work big time overtime. And I'm not saying I agree with that crunch is a major problem. I'm not looking for anybody to risk their health or their, you know, their, their work life balance for it. But it would not surprise me if suddenly rate the ray tracing update finds its way into the launch version of the game. So I, um, I, I think that it would be more likely for Halo to be delayed if Game Pass didn't exist. If this was a game that people were going to pay, you know, full price for whatever that price point may be, and they, you know, it was, we were in this, in the legacies model of, yeah. of how we consumed games. Um, but because this game is part of a service, so essentially it is also a service, they can push out updates for it and people can feel like, all right, well, I didn't spend my 60 bucks on top of the price of the console or my 70 bucks on top of the price of the console to purchase this game. And this game isn't done. Um, People will still kind of complain about that, but they'll have less room to complain about it because it's part of a service and it can be updated much like Sea of Thieves, much like State of Decay 2. Uh, sea of Thieves is is a fantastic game now, right. and when it launched, it was it was very much less of a game than it is today. Um, and and Halo has less leeway to do that, but they they given themselves some grace with the with the way that they're pushing that content out. Good point. Good point all around. Now uh, to sort of start to wrap this up, I uh, I wanted to mention like. It really, it bummed me out seeing the reaction to Halo. Again, not that some of it wasn't deserved, but but to the point of, I do feel like it cast a dark shadow over the rest of the conference, which at, the longer I sit with the conference, again, I thought a lot about Halo as we just spent, what, 10, 20 minutes talking about it, but um, I do think the rest of the conference was really good. I mean, was there a a killer launch game was there. I mean, yeah, the, some, the trailers, a lot of them were CG. They were early, but, but really like, I thought the rest of the show was super great. And it, and it kind of bummed me out that, that, that I feel like halo kind of cast a, a dark shadow over the rest of it. I mean, fable and avowed. And I thought Everwild looked great again. And, uh, you know, there, there were, there was really a lot to like in there. Uh, yes, yeah, C- Cicero, what what jumped out at you outside of Halo from that? Uh, I mean, everything everything did. Like everything looked like something I'd at least try. 
Um, and again, like I, 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 I said this to you offline that I was going to sound more like Rudy Giuliani. I know that's a curse word, but but a noun and verb nine eleven. I'm really going to be a noun and verb game pass. Um, the fact that like I can look at these games and say I can give this a try because I know that I'm part of this subscription service yeah. that will allow that will give me no penalty minus data caps on on my ISP is the only thing that's stopping me from from down downloading this game and giving it a shot and everything that i looked at there was nothing that i saw that that made me say oh there's no way in hell that i'm going to try at least try that game and and so i mean there's there's no pain in me trying games and and especially with the way things are right now i've got a group of friends where we play games uh, you know we play golf with your friends on game pass it's a really it's a a beautifully designed game that is programmed horribly kind of on purpose what a fun 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 time that game is um but you know as we're sitting around and we're talking about it like oh okay if we're getting tired of this game we should try this other game that is also on game pass i've got you know a bunch of friends that i used to be able to hang out with i can't hang out with them now uh, but we can hang out virtually yeah. with and and do the thing that we love to do, which is play games, because we've got this subscription service. And when I looked through, when I watched the video, even after Halo, I didn't feel bad because I knew all of these games I could at least try, and then maybe I'm guarantee they're going to be two or three of those games that I absolutely love, um, probably more. Um, but they're all available to me, Miranda. What uh, before we move on to the rest of the news for the week, what are you hoping to see Microsoft do next? The July showcase finally has come. It's done. What do you want to see them do next? Uh, next up, we know that they need to start talking about the pricing of the consoles and like, any additional features they have not already mentioned that's not necessarily directly tied to games. So if there are any other TV features, whatever it may be, that's the time to talk about it. Not everyone loves it, but people do really like it. Like I'm one of the few people who really like connect and voice commands. So <laughs> I really hope that they talk about that. So I think that, yeah, I think they need to like kind of bring those features back to the spotlight. It's like, okay, we should do your big games thing. Like maybe reiterate the, this is the list of things we are launching with that are really important. This is what's on games pass. Um, and then also, of course, talk about the two different models that they're going to have, because we want to yeah. know what Lockhart is. Like, I think that's going to be a pretty big deal, honestly. Um, and of course, price is going to be huge. So so those are the really big things. And I think they got to present that really well in an exciting way. And we do expect to we personally we, again, we don't know. We're just we yeah. think it's we expect that at whatever their August thing is. We don't know if that's going to be at Gamescom, if it's going to be at some their own, you know, another press conference another sort of live stream thing ahead of it. We're not sure, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, man, three ninety nine if they pull that off for series <laughs> X would be tremendous because we know, I do think like once both consoles are out and we start to see what is really starting to look more and more like a possibly significant third party advantage as far as how the games run, on the series X versus the PS five that I think will help. And I'm sure Phil and the team know that they like, they know like, okay, well stuff's going to look and run better on our platform. So that's going to, you know, the conversation should calm down in the long run, but 
yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I, I'm just gonna say, like, Phil, I want give me that 399 Series X, and let's let's go with the with the the one X discontinued 249 on the on the Series S. I've, I've word is it's aggressively priced, so that we'll would see be what happens. Aggressive. Yes, that would be <laughs> that would be like predator level aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 um, I expect to see um, UI stuff. As Miranda was saying, uh, I, I'm, and my Series X will probably wind up doing the same thing. It's just as much a media player as it is a games player. Um, so yes, I want to know about the media stuff. Obviously, it's going to have the full suite of media options, but I want to know about the UI. What's going to be different? How are how are they going to bring the UI into the next gen? I currently I used to use my Connect to turn on my Xbox. Now I use my Alexa to turn on my Xbox. Um, so you know, how is that integration going to advance? How are those things going to work? What is the price point? What is Lockhart going to to be? Um, and, and what is that price point going to be? Like, I, I look at these kind of like the MCU, each one of these, each one of these, uh, showcases is just a portion of, of what we're going to see. And in November, we know the Avengers movie is finally going to be coming out. (laughs) And so we, we watch all of these collectively and then, and then in November, we get to see it all come together. I like that. That is a lovely analogy. Uh, all right. So next up, uh, actually, there is there's a little bit more Halo news to to go co- to go over here real quick. Uh, one, the design lead Jerry Hook confirmed that yes, as promised, split screen gameplay, split screen co op will be returning. Though it's going to be two player split screen. The game does support four player co op, but only two per screen. So. Uh, you'll need if you want three or four player, you'll need at least two Xboxes there. So it's just a sort of a public service announcement. <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, are, is there anybody in your house that you're going to be co-oping with, Cicero? Uh, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably wind up playing with my stepson if he's still here. Uh, he just graduated from college. He's getting ready for for grad school. So uh, so if he if he's still here and I haven't kicked him out of the house yet, uh, I'll probably play split screen with him. Um, but yeah, like nobody plays four player split screen games anymore, even though like the screen real estate is larger now than it's ever been, but like they just, it just doesn't happen. Like, I guess you can do it on Mario Kart on the switch. If you, if you broadcast that up, blow that up. But, uh, yeah, that is, it's, that's kind of a a thing of a bygone era, but having local co-op split screen is, is going to be cool. Uh, I wonder how much that's going to be used. Are, are you going to be using it? You and your no, wife? No, I play? mean I'm, I'm I'm the only one. My daughter's a little young for Halo, uh, <laughs> so there won't be any any split screen going on here. Start her but, early, man. But you know, I will say, like a lot of us do have fond memories of of uh, well, for a lot of people, for me, it was the early part of my career at Official Xbox Magazine. But a lot of people, I to this day hear from where they're like, man. That the four player Halo split screen multiplayer in my college dorm was yeah. was the best. So yeah. um but you know what? Th- these days, like all the dorms are wired up. So you right. could just have <laughs> you could just have <laughs> two consoles, a couple of TVs, and you got you got uh you got plenty of, of action going on there. And then uh just 
this thing, I think, I feel like this next thing I'm going to mention, it's already dead, but just in case, just to make sure it is completely squashed and it has no life left in it. There was, uh, you know, because you never know out there, some, there might be like some friend that tells you, man, no, this is totally true. I, I swear it's not true. There was a bogus rumor started after the showcase that multiplayer for Halo Infinite wouldn't ship at launch, that the multiplayer <laughs> would come later. Uh, 343's Brian Gerard, who, by the way, goes all the way back with Halo. He was uh, he was at Bungie back in the at least the Halo 2 days, if not sooner. Brian Gerard took to Twitter to say, quote, nothing to see here, folks. This is not true. So just if you've heard it from somebody, no. There will be multiplayer there with you at uh, at the launch of Halo Infinite. Well, right, that uh, that would be a thing that they would have to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they would have to delay the game if they, there was no multiplayer. Th- yeah, you can't. I don't <laughs> think you can get away with shipping Halo, uh, <laughs> any Halo ever for any reason without. I mean, I guess ODST, but even that ship with Firefight, right? So <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. It's, it's synonymous. Uh, next this week. Miranda, a white series, a, a white next-gen Xbox controller with the share button on it. Uh, a picture of it surfaced. Somebody went to a party, and there it was. They took a picture of it. That came, uh, so the source on that was, it was on Reddit, and I saw it. A lot of people, it went around on uh, Tom Warren from The Verge. It went around on his Twitter. So, uh, Miranda, I don't know if you've seen this, but what do you make of it? I have seen it. Um, it's weird because the thumbsticks and everything are black like the coloring looks wrong to me like it doesn't look like it was designed properly so i could right. see if this was just like some tester or some people right. are saying like, it could be yeah a prototype it could be like 3d printed like there's a lot of things here that could be up also uh what are you doing at parties excuse but uh yeah it's it looks weird to me just because it doesn't have like that cohesive design to it. But I mean, if it's a wet controller, that'd be nice to have another option. I think if, if maybe the lock card is a different color, it could be cool. Yeah. That's, that's one theory. Cicero, did you see this thing? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you know, another news giraffe have feet. Uh, so <laughs> like, um, the lock card is going to be white. This controller happens so? to be You're white. You're very confident. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that's all the images that we've seen so far are, you know, this smaller well, those are version. Mock-ups, though. Well, they uh, they are, but you know, I mean, there are there are lots of mock-ups. Uh, so I I would like to believe that the images that I've seen about the mock-up of the Lockhart are true. Um, I you like know, that I, it's a little GameCube, right? Right, it, exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it, just a I would love version. it to look like that. Right, yeah. it's just a smaller version of the of the Series X colored differently so you can immediately know which one is which um white is is on brand for microsoft half of their consoles have been colored that uh so it doesn't it's not out of the out of the uh the realm of possibility and so you know so white controller it, it looks like an xbox controller as miranda said the the coloring does seem off so maybe it is a, a mock-up design of so- of uh, you know of a controller from you know coming up right so so also to point out like the original white xbox one controllers that they have so what looked off to me is because on those it does have the black detailing but like the actual xbox button is black and then the right. top has like a top kind of rail that's black so it kind yes. of kind of complements each yeah. other it's not just a stark white yes. with like some big 
round right. black spots on it, which right. I think looks fine. But right. yeah, it just it's like lacking some finesse to it. I guess yeah. is, is what I was thinking. Yeah. So but, so I th- I, yeah. I think I think those are design choices that Microsoft makes with with their controllers, um, so that they they have like so on this controller. I don't know. Yeah, you can't see anything. Um, so yeah. <laughs> the contrast is all, all off. You- so they they come they came up with this two tone thing, but but if you re- remember originally the original Xbox One controllers, they were all black. So mm-hmm. you know, so there was probably some some coloring consistency that they that they maintained when they had different color c- uh, controllers that we just didn't get to see because they were black. And same with the Xbox Series X these controllers are all black. So, you know, we can't see where they're going to be making stylistically uh, stylistic contrasts uh, with the controllers because we haven't seen different color controllers yet. If they do come out with a different color scheme, I would love to see them get a little bit more creative though. Cause like, did you guys see, remember like the Phantom White special edition? Yeah. 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 It looks so good yeah. and i understand that they probably would want to keep that for like oh well these are like the premiums that we're trying to sell so you'll buy right. more controllers it's like yes but also please launch with them because then i will also buy those other controllers later like i think my favorite uh special like edition controller that i have is probably my sea of thieves one just because it just looks the design is so cool with the gold too Yes, I feel like yeah. you can still design something really cool for those launch editions without having to sacrifice having those like special controllers in the future as well. Um, so I hope they get a little playful with whatever it is. I mean, I don't think they will. We've already seen like this, the Series X controller, but I, I can dream. It's, the, uh, go ahead, Cicero. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say, like, you know, we're saving money on Game Pass. Uh, they're going to make their money in Design Labs. So if you if you want a Series X controller that looks really cool, you can make one. Just it just costs you eighty bucks. That's right, a little premium <laughs> on there. Um, yeah, I think you guys hit on like the the Lockhart is. You, you're both so right. It's it is almost certainly going to be a different color. It's not going to be black. So um, that that seems like one of the most the highest probability things for what this white controller is. The other option, and again, this is not an original thought. Others pointed this out, but uh, it's it's also possible, given the fact that whoever had this must be a Microsoft employee. Uh, it, it's uh, it's also possible that it is part of a special edition uh, just for Microsoft employees from from people on the Series X team that are having it made because the Xbox One they had their I made this edition that they gave out to the team. And it was a white Xbox One, the original VCR Xbox right. One that was that was black in retail. So it is possible that it's just going to be like a special thing for for employees as well. That's a that's another option there. Next this week, uh, Miranda, this this uh, will be up your alley as our <laughs> resident is. Call of Duty expert. I don't know if you're a, if you're also a Doritos expert. Oh yes, but, I am. <laughs> so, uh, Twitter user the Gaming Revolution, that's at the Gaming Revo three, posted photos of a Doritos bag with on on the back of it. It had a double XP game promotion for what is alleged to be this year's Call of Duty game. And what's interesting about that is uh well a the date the dates that are listed but but also the name of the game which is listed on there as call of duty black ops cold war so i don't know if either of you have had a chance to 
take a look at it. I think you might be taking a look at it now real quick, but uh, I, I will say I did look at it. I a hundred percent believe this. I, this does not seem like a Photoshop fake thing that somebody made. I do suspect this is probably a real bag that uh, somebody got their hands on. And uh, also because that was already the rumored name of the game. So uh, Miranda, I'll go your way first here. Uh, Call of Duty and Doritos, a classic pairing. Just to have what I'm doing there, and you've got a party. Uh, a party I tend to every single year. But, um, yeah, I could see that being the real thing. That's like kind of been a long uh, rumored thing is that the Cold War is going to be the next next step here. Uh, it's very strange also that we still haven't had an official Call of Duty announcement. Right. It is almost August, y'all. Where well, I, is Call of Duty? I would have thought it would have been at Sony's event because they're the the you know they got the marketing partnership there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I, I absolutely see this as being a real thing. Um, I mean, they've they've got to get stuff in production. I have no idea where they would find this, but yeah, I could definitely uh, see that as being a real deal. It was a uh, it was a bodega on Forty Eighth Street and Second Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy had him. Uh, yeah, so I I think uh, I, yeah I, I mean I think this is real. It, when when this story came up, it made me think about the fact that we haven't heard anything from Activision uh, at all in this in this strange summer. Um, so I, and and there's no word that they're actually going to be doing their own type of showcase to talk about their game. So, uh, I mean, we've got to see it at some point, right? It's, you know, the, uh, the thought just occurred to me, Cicero, uh, is they typically do the reveal trailer during one of the big NBA playoff broadcasts where they know they're going to get a lot of viewers. Sure. Maybe they're holding it. I mean, obviously the pandemic threw all the plans uh, up into the air, but maybe they're, they're banking on, uh, Still an NBA playoff game right. when when the league comes back in the bubble pretty soon. Right. Yeah. So it could uh, happen. It, it definitely could. I mean, yeah. That the the Venn diagram of uh, of NBA fans and Call of Duty fans is basically a circle. So yeah, I mean that does that does kind of make sense. So uh, now also the so the bag says if we're believing that this is a legitimate bag, which uh, all three of us do so far, the bag says the promotion starts October first which is should be noted it was pointed out on Twitter this was that's when it started last year and the and the game came out on October 25th last year right. so just a literal food for thought grab some doritos <laughs> food for thought maybe we are going to see uh, call of duty black ops cold war in uh, the end of October and whether that's just ahead of the consoles or right at the same time we'll see but also uh, that would be possibly the most ubisoft title that Call of Duties or Activision have ever done. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Just get as many colons and hyphens and dashes in there as you possibly can. So what flavor of Doritos was this bag? This oh, is I don't the have yellow one. I only know I, I so I love Doritos, but only the nacho cheese ones. This is the standard, give me right. the standard Doritos bag. I will eat all of them in one sitting. It is my go-to. I'm drunk. Give me my Doritos thing. Um, so, so some things I do want to call out on this tweet, though. Uh, so the Game Revolution said that these were DM'd to them from an anonymous source for Call of Duty 2020 uh, and was worried about copyrights. I didn't post them until Charlie Intel shared them. Uh, so when you actually look at the like kind of fine print of it, 
uh, there's max 160 codes per person. What? Gotta That's buy crazy. the Doritos. Can't get those, get that double XP, buy, <laughs> eat, eat more Doritos. So, yeah, 40 hours total applies to all redemption. Okay, interesting. So, so also it's going to be Call of Duty colon Black Ops Cold War if that fine text is to be believed as like right. the actual t- title. So there's no dashes in there, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but so, so one, one weird thing that I do want to comment on is that I do hope the double XP program is a lot better this year because last year it sucked. So <laughs> give me more time with double XP, guys. <laughs> I don't buy these Doritos in, <laughs> in Mountain Dew once a year for nothing. <laughs> Come on. All right, next up, uh, just speaking of sticking with Activision here, this is a weird one, uh, and, I, and I'm, I don't believe this. So I believe the, the Call of Duty Doritos bag. This one I'm not buying. I want to hear what you guys have to say. World of Warcraft Shadowlands, the expansion for the, of course, long-running MMORPG, has been rated for Xbox Series X in Brazil. This was spotted by Gematsu. The Brazilian ratings board has classified the upcoming World of Warcraft expansion Shadowlands for both PC and Xbox Series X. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm thinking no way on this one, Miranda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't really buy this one unless they're going to do something like all of the sims whenever they bring their games to console and they have to like modify them or do like a special version to like kind of give you the sim experience but it's not really the sims um they've obviously gotten a lot better than that now but it's still kind of clunky to handle so i knowing what world of warcraft is i think it would be very very clunky if they just said let's take this pc game and put it on consoles <laughs> um uh, granted that series x will probably also have mouse and keyboard peripheral support like the xbox one x has but that's still not like an ideal way to play like at that point <laughs> just like what are you doing just go find your pc man uh, so i don't i don't understand this much at all if it's true i hope they do do something special like I said, the Sims, like they, I remember they did this cool like Sims pets version and it was like a very specific modified version of four consoles. And I think that's a better way to adapt it rather than just trying to force a PC game on it that is very much optimized for PC, mostly because of the control schemes to a console, which has far fewer buttons. Right. Yeah. For me, I mean, World of Warcraft's been around since 2004. I think the ship sailed. If this was going to come to to console platforms, I think it would have happened already. So I'm not buying this one, Cicero. Where do you stand on this one? Well, you know, I've I've been uh, I've been team for the horde for a long time, but I've only been playing on console for the longest. So uh, I'm waiting for this. I've been waiting for this for, since. Really? No, no, not at all. I was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like you said, Miranda. I mean, mouse and keyboard support is is something that that may be available. Uh, will most likely be available for the Series X, just like it is for the Xbox One. Um, but uh, why bring mouse and keyboard support to a console for a game that's been around for a decade and a half? If you're a fan of that game, you probably already have a PC that you can play it on. Um, except, except if they bring it to Project X Cloud, and then you can start playing it in all sorts of weird places. But like, you know, I'd have to put a tinfoil hat on. 
You guys, really smart. Can, we, can we put our tinfoil hats on for like a split second? I have oh, a right. crazy yeah, theory. Okay. So what if, what if Microsoft comes out and it's like, hey guys, we know you heard about this weird, weird WordCraft thing. Uh, by the way, we are optimizing it. So like, you know how the Switch is a handheld, but also home console, but it's mostly home console, but can be handheld. What if they're like, hey, Consoles are pretty much PCs, but this one's all so close to a PC that it might actually be better than your PC. So we're partnering with Valve to like put Steam on Series X, and you can just like plug in some mouse and keyboard, and then you got a PC. Mm. But it's also a home console, which are really similar, pretty much the same thing. But if you really want to just use this instead, you can play Dota on your Xbox Series X. Oh my god! <laughs> I would be, I, you know, this, that that, that's a, so weird. That's a, that's a comfy tinfoil hat. That would, right. be, uh, yeah. I, that, I would happily to, wear that one. You know, I've been stuck in this apartment for a long time. <laughs> I just want to put my thoughts out into the world. I'll put it in my journal later. I'll be fine. <laughs> um. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, we'll see if anything. I mean, you know, keep it in the back of your mind. But I'm not buying this one. But hey, yeah. stranger things have happened. You never know. Uh, finally, on the news front this week, before we move to the loot box and the unlock block trivia, we've got about 14 minutes left in the show. Xbox Games with Gold for August, from the first all month, all August long on the Xbox One, is Portal Nights. And then from the 16th to the 15th of September, we have Override Mech City Brawl. From the 360, but compatible on the Xbox One, from the first half of August, you have MX Unleashed, if you like your your dirt bike off-road racing action. And then uh, if you like your your uh, Earth de- decimating, or I guess I have to say like Mars decimating first-person shooter action, from August 16th to the 31st, from the 360, but compatible on the Xbox One, Red Faction 2, which is a... Uh, Pretty well-regarded old uh, old Red Faction game. Of course, the Geo Geomod technology where you could deform the environment there. Uh, so we'll see. I, guys, I wonder, you know, a lot of chatter about is gold going to go away and will it all fold under Game Pass? So I wonder if, if that happens, what happens to games with gold? Will that continue or not? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> uh, you know? Um, it again, it's it like Game Pass has been around for two years now, and and the gold games are still still around. Ultimate has been around for a year, yeah. And games with gold is is still a thing. So, yeah, why not? I think if they do fold it into Game Pass, though, I don't I don't think it's really necessary. Because then if you're already paying for that subscription, it's just like, we don't need to offer you something extra to validate having this because you're already paying for everything. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, But I do like that it has Xbox 360 support still. Like, it just makes my heart a little happy. It's just like, aw, I love the Xbox 360. (laughs) I mean, you figure when Microsoft goes to publishers with that stuff uh, and say, hey, we would love to have you in in, uh, Games with Gold. Like, how about this older 360 title that is compatible? That's that's probably a, a net win for most publishers because it's it's renewing interest in the game and if it's a franchise, a renewing interest in the franchise. So, I mean, in the case of Red Faction, I mean that's all owned by THQ Nordic now. So, uh, if they decide to, maybe they might be spinning up a new one. Uh, if, who knows? So, if it's it's only it would seemingly be in their good long term interest to keep the keep the kind of spark. Uh, keep keep a little ember of fire burning for 
for the Red Faction IP and for some of these other ones. All right, loot box time. We, had, we didn't get a chance to get to this last week, obviously. This one's very on point. It came via Twitter from a listener named Gary Diaz. Now, again, this is this is a very complicated question. So this is kind of a just hypothetical in the vacuum thing because for this to actually happen would probably be quite the technical challenge and there'd be a lot involved. But nevertheless, Gary asks, would a higher fidelity Halo Infinite be worth a 30 frame per second campaign for you? In other words, if if Infinite was only 30 frames per second in the campaign instead of the promised 60, would that be worth a trade-off of way dialed up visual effects? Cicero, I'll go your way first here. Well, if we're talking way dialed up, are we talking beyond 4K? Are we no, talking no, no. Let's say, let's 4K, 4K, 4K 30? Sacrificing half the frame rate in exchange for a, a whole lot more in the visual department. So 4K 30 with with better visuals is definitely something that I, would attract me on my Xbox One X, right? Yeah. Um, which is which is basically what I can get now with Halo Five. Um, so you're not really doing much, but on a new console, that's not enough because if I'm if I'm doing if I've got a, a console now that can max out the performance. Why am I why am I spending hundreds of dollars, probably more than three ninety nine, Ryan? Um for for, <laughs> for right for for a for a better console that will give me that my flagship game at the same fidelity, at the same frame rate as the as the previous highest version of uh the consoles, you know, the high tier console. So it it wouldn't be enough on a new console for me. All right. So you want more for your money. Miranda, how about you? No, thank you. I want 60 frames. <laughs> That's a first-person shooter. Give me that smooth frame rate. I, I need 60 frames at least. So, no. No, thanks. That's fair. See, I'm, I'm a little more old school with it, uh, having been playing Halo since the beginning. I'm, I'm old enough to remember back when Halo was a 30 frames per second game all the time. Right. And so, for me... Yes, I make that trade-off in campaign. I would rather have a much vi- more visually arresting game, campaign specifically, running it. As long as it's a, that's the thing. The caveat is it's a, if it's a steady 30. If it's, if it's dipping down, then we're getting into some, some uh, noticeably unpleasant territory. But if it's a steady 30, which is how, what Halo pretty well always was up until, what, until five, right? Wasn't four? Right. Four was still thirty four, frames. Four was still thirty, yeah. Because that was a three sixty game. So, right. uh, yeah, I I make that trade no problem. That's so I'm I'm. It's interesting. I like the different opinions here. Uh, but yeah, camp uh, rather multiplayer. Uh, that's when I'll make the the trade though, and take take the lower fidelity visuals. But give me that give me that sweet sweet sixty frames per second while I'm trying to shoot and and avoid getting shot by <laughs> other players. <laughs> Uh, so Gary Diaz, thank you for that question. If you've got a loot box question that you want to pose to the panel, send it in. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Finally this week, the Unlocked Block Trivia. We've got uh, eight minutes left in the show. This is a good one. It's We're talking console launches, and it's the Series X launch here. John from Black Diamond, Washington. His gamer tag, if you'd like to make a new friend on there, Roboto Donato. 
uh, all one word, asks, which was not a launch title? I know Miranda hates these questions because she was uh, a kid <laughs> in the original <laughs> Xbox was days. like nine. But what was, of the following four games I'm going to read to you, which one of them was not a, a day one launch title that's November 15, 2001, for the original Xbox. So three of these were launch titles. One of them wasn't. Shrek, Dark Summit, Mad Dash Racing, or F1 2001. Uh, so, Miranda, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot, and I'm going to go your way first. Do you have a, any inkling here? I don't know if you remember much of, of those launch titles. Those launch titles, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> it was so small. Um, I keep saying I need to see like make a like a little history book of this is what happened when I was small, and I need to learn this history of X so I can get this trivia because I kind of really want to. Uh, I'm gonna go Mad Dash Racing because okay. C is my default guess, and there's two racing games, so maybe one of them didn't happen. Can't hurt to can't hurt. That's sound sound guess logic there. That's uh, that's that's acceptable. Cicero, how about you? How's your how's your memory, your Xbox memory hold up? I I uh, kind of was able to narrow this down. I don't want to outright say I would have gotten it for sure, but what what do you think here? So I, I was able to intuit the answer. I did know one of the launch titles. Um, I did know that Shrek was a was a launch title for the Xbox. Um, I remember that box art fondly. Um, very weird. Uh, but um, I think Miranda is was on to something because there are two racing titles, so she picked one of the racing titles. Um, I think she picked the wrong racing title Dang it. because <laughs> maybe 2001 is in the title for DF1 2001. And if you know anything about sports games, you know that the, the year that the game is, is for the next year. The year usually, that it is. usually, no, yes. Baseball, yeah, baseball, baseball, baseball is baseball is an exception, and racing games is are also an exception. But I'm still going with the F1 okay. 2001. Well, uh, your your logic was sound, my friend. Because yes, Cicero, that is correct. <laughs> F1 2001 came out just a touch later in December, so it did mm. miss that launch window. Those other three games were indeed day one launch titles for the original Xbox. And there you go. So uh, let me check on the scoring here real quick before I wrap up the show. We've got got about five minutes left. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, You've appeared on this podcast twice uh, in in recent weeks, and you have two points. So you're back in the thousand, my friend. Thank you. you. Well done. Uh, Brandon's still out in front overall with seven points, and Miranda is still right there with five points. So I'm coming for Brandon. I'm so bad at trivia. <laughs> good stuff there. Uh, and again, if anybody out there has a good Xbox trivia question, nothing too obscure, please. Got to give everybody a reasonable chance. But if you've got a good Xbox trivia question, feel free to send it in. It's that same email address, unlocked at IGN.com. Uh, when you send that in, please include, obviously, the question, but four multiple-choice answers, and do note the correct one in your email. All right, just a few minutes here. I want to wrap up. Let me go to our special guest, Cicero Holmes. Go your way first. Now, we talked we talked Star Trek a little at the top, everything you've yeah. got going on with uh, with that podcast. You want to plug your your personal Twitter, anything else you've got going on. Just that you've, you've been a wonderful addition of the podcast here on a, on a couple of occasions so far. We'll have you yeah. back, of course. But uh, oh, let let folks know where they can they can follow what you're up to. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, first off, thanks. Thanks so much for, for having me on yet again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in anything, uh, being in the Cicero business, you can go to at uh, Stubby Stan on any of my social media platforms or all of your social media platforms. I'm there. Maybe uh, check out uh, some of the stuff I'm doing uh, with the incomparable podcast network at the incomparable, uh, the incomparable on Twitter. Uh, most recently, I hosted a panel for uh, the Five Bloods on Netflix, a movie review of of uh, Spike Lee's latest film on Netflix. Uh, check that out. Discovery Debrief at DSC Debrief. Check out Rivals of Waterdeep at Rivals Waterdeep. All, all of this on Twitter. And uh, if you like the sound of this voice, this voice is for hire. So check out uh, some of my information on my social media platforms. You can uh, find out where you can contact with contact me. I'd love to audition for you. Fantastic. Miranda, how about you? What are you up to? Um, I am doing a lot of planning and Animal Crossing work for guides. So please use edging guides if you can. Uh, other than that, you can find me at Havoc Gross and it's Havoc with the K on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else, including Twitch. Um, tonight, I am streaming Bioshock 2 again. It's very exciting. Almost Minerva is done. I'm very excited to get to that because the rest nice. of Bioshock 2 is just pretty... It's fine. <laughs> um, but also, I'm doing stationary streams on Sunday, so you can see how I plan out my week if you guys want to hang out and talk about fountain pens. That is fantastic. I love that. I love a little... Uh, just a, a, a passion oh, that... that, that uh, there's there's always other people out there that, are, that have those fun shared interests that uh, aren't yeah. as sort of ubiquitous maybe or as as big budget as video games as for me you can find me on twitter at dmc underscore ryan as far as what's going on on ign well i did put up an op-ed at the end of the day friday kind of uh you've, you've arguably heard a lot of it here on this podcast but sort of recapping kind of uh reflecting back my thoughts on the uh on the xbox game showcase so you can find that on ign if you're interested and then we are doing our ign first this month is on the avengers on Mar- um, excuse me marvel's avengers from crystal dynamics so if you've wanted to see more about that game uh there is a there's a beta coming up so check all that out on ign and let's see i think that will about wrap it up i want to say oh you know what i want to say thank you to destin legary he couldn't make it on the show today but Destin was behind the scenes. He was our technical director for the showcase and our live pre-show and post-show last week. Him and, and uh, Nick Lamone, uh, Corrado Corretto, uh, Jamie Parslow, this we had a whole crew behind the scenes. That was like, it is not easy to, to make it look that good and go that smooth as a live thing when everybody's from home. And the, the right. technical team just did a, absolutely masterful job they made my life as the host really really easy so thank you to destin thank you to to the whole team for uh for that last week and i think that will finally about wrap it up and i've managed to yeah i think my screen didn't fall asleep behind me the whole show i made it i did it you guys so for uh miranda sanchez and cicero holmes i'm ryan mccaffrey this was the palindromatic podcast unlocked episode 454 and we will see you guys back here for plenty more xbox goodness next week
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.